listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. This is episode 129, where we talk about the transition from summer carrying to winter carry. We cover whether or not you should change your firearm, your holster, your ammo, what sort of training you should be doing for the change of season, and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy episode 129 of Range Minded, the move from summer carry to winter carry. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long and I am joined by... Oh, Steve Zimmerman making jokes on the B-roll. Cracking jokes before we start and we are also joined by... Nick Hoffer, yet again. So I think... Always. I think we've had... uh, We we forgot to mention... (laughs) (laughs) We're terrible. In one way or another, but our our dear friend Nick Hoffer has become a uh, a permanent member of the podcast. Oh wait, I'm a permanent he member. Graciously, <laughs> he he graciously agreed to it, whether he doesn't realize it or not, or does. Just, re- man, that was a terribly structured sentence. <laughs> I just thought that you guys were inviting me every single week. We are. We are. <laughs> Which means you're a permanent <laughs> member of the podcast. Oh, awesome! Now I can now I can tell people that I'm a part of the podcast. Yes, officially. Yes. So I we've oh, had yeah. you on the last what five of six episodes, I think. So, and we never just mentioned that you are part of the podcast. So, uh, I suppose we have to apologize, um, but also surprise. Well, there we go. Surprise! So our and I was happy to sit out last week so that Steve's wife could sit in for me. I, I listened to that. You should have that. It would have been great to have you there just to, just to, uh, I don't know. It was funny because she. Oh, I think you had plenty uh, of stabs she, when you were done. Yeah. <laughs> she, she didn't think she was going to even talk. She said, I'm not saying a word. She that did great. Be a very interesting she, podcast. Yeah. I would have just kept throwing out questions too. Yeah. If you, uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast from last week, make sure you check it out. Steve's wife was a very special guest on it. And, uh, she did really well. I was actually very impressed with how well she uh, was able to take our questions and how honest she was. And uh, you know, she was she was yeah, one of our one of our best guests. And you didn't even ask her any hardball questions either. I didn't have any. I tried. I was trying to be. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> you didn't well, have, like how many guns does Steve tell you he has, or anything like that? I also didn't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> Well, I'm sure she I'm listens to the show. She knows, but uh, it was a good episode. I listened to it this week. Uh, I was I was glad glad she came on and and talked with you guys. Yeah, she was great. I was too. She tried to back out of it, but she told me she would before we even went over there. She's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." We she tried, tried to, to back out. Barbacoa, so I would have came on too. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a funny story Next about time. that. Next time. Yeah, Barbara wouldn't let me in. <laughs> did you? Did you forget your mask? Bless it hurts. No, nobody was wearing masks in there actually. But uh, they said, "Oh no, reservation only." Which I've been there a couple times and never had to put a reservation in. Yeah, but when's but the last? Apparently, time you, you do now. During COVID. Yeah, never. Yeah, exactly. No mask, no reservation, no service. Yeah, I can't just let yeah. anybody in there. So maybe that's what they told you because they knew you were from Eastern Idaho. <laughs> yeah, they saw. They could tell by looking at me like this. This dude is not not our type. They see. They saw the license plate and they didn't see the one A. So you were. See you later, dude. I, that, that parking lot was crazy. I almost had to park like a long ways away to get in there too. Or on the burn. There was so so that's many why people it was there. Reservation only. Anyways, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, let me ask you this, Steve. Did you uh, did you carry when you were going to the barbacoa? Um, yes. <laughs> it's already in the past, so you can talk about it now. Absolutely, dude. I carry everywhere I possibly can. And do you carry all year round? Um, for the most part, yeah. See, so that's what we're talking about. I, mean, today. I don't. I don't wear. I don't wear a speedo or nothing in the summertime. Well, <laughs> but that sounds like I don't wear anything in the summertime, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> but for the most part, I, I'm I'm uh, pleasantly dressed and armed. Right, and so that's what we're talking about. As it gets colder out, uh, some people may be transitioning from summer to winter carry. 
and uh, might be changing some things up or might not be. So we figured it was a perfect time um, to talk about going between summer and winter carry. Maybe do you change your gun, change your holster, change your setup or whatever, and, and talk about what we do and, uh, and go from there. So that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good, good conversation. So we'll start at the beginning. What do you guys do when it goes from summer to winter? Do you change your setup at all? Do you change your gun, change your holster, anything? Or do you keep it the same? Um, I change well, my Well, I've had... Oh, do you now? What do you change? That's a, that's actually a good a good topic right there. Well, usually I carry I carry my defense rounds all summer long, so the fall time is when I usually shoot through those. And uh, I just started carrying uh, G9... Uh, defense ammo so see how that works out the copper but, uh, the, the copper yeah. yep nice yeah i have i've shot it a few you times know, i've shot it through some windshields and uh some fabric and stuff and i like the way like the result so it was recommended a lot so i switched from my critical defense this winter to to that so yeah that's and if if you guys aren't familiar with what he's talking about imagine almost imagine like a Phillips screwdriver turned into a projectile. It's kind of got that, that face on it, but uh, instead of expanding, it keeps all of its mass and then uses the shape of the projectile, which you can't, it can't really describe it. I guess it's hard to describe. You just have to get online and look, it's very efficient and it, and it works very well. It's kind of cool, a cool uh, bullet. Yeah. Check it out yourself. It's actually pretty cool. So, um, but I kind of figured with, uh, heavier clothing, more denim, more layers that uh, something with less deflection, a little, little less uh, expansion would be better. Mm -hmm. And and I think that, I think that's wise. And I, I think a lot of people overlook that. Um, They just think, oh, it's defensive ammo. I'll just use it. But you're right. When there's more stuff on the outside to go through, to get to the inside, um, it may not work. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Nick, start from kind of square one on that. Why would you bother even to change your ammo um, in between, you know, going from season to season? Okay, so let's be honest. Right now, it's really hard to kind of get ammo. So <laughs> I had I had to kind of switch it up, but I was, I was, I was kind of planning it from the start. But uh, I didn't want to switch out my defense ammo from the critical defense that I've been carrying. I mean, I, I buy a box of it every year and shoot through it but uh it, it's it's kind of weird it's like it's like switching from carrying a glock to carrying i don't know a springfield uh <laughs> you just you just kind of carry what and shoot what you've always carried and shot and right. uh, mm-hmm. i i've i've done a lot of testing on some different uh kind of uh what are they, what do you call them the mediums ar ar pistols i guess the Pistol caliber carbines, that's what they are. There you go. My mind. With, with that ammo, we were we were doing some shooting through uh, denim, uh, ice, and windshields, and I just really liked the performance of it. So I wanted to switch. I had five or six boxes of it from when we did that testing, and now was the perfect time to switch because I could not find critical defense at the store. And I do, I do shoot my carry mags that are loaded with 16 rounds of nine millimeter 125 grain critical defense in the spring and in the fall so you you change it up almost every season it sounds like so i don't change the brand usually this is the first time in four or five years that i've changed the brand of ammo and the the actual bullets but the the bullets themselves yeah i shoot them twice a year because i i load and unload those rounds four or five times a day so many times every time Every time I take my gun off, I unload it and then uh, chamber another round. And I try and cycle that like down lower into the magazine. So every once in a while during the summer, I'll empty the mag and reload it. Or I'll, I'll sometimes intentionally use that magazine when I go to the range and put uh, range ammo in it so I can cycle the round so we don't get any uh, compression of the bullet. But you can see you can see the difference in the finish of the top three rounds compared to the ones on the bottom. Right, yeah, because you're wearing through it. I mean, it's, it's also subjected to weather as it gets warmer and all that. And ammo does wear. I mean, after a while, it's probably still good, but sitting in the I uh, mean, in the magazine like that yeah, for a while, it's different. 
ammo doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't really go bad. It'll sit for years and still fire, but you, you don't, you don't want to like suffer a malfunction or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, set a bullet that's set back in the case because you've chambered it 300 times. And the one time you go to shoot it, it fails or something, or it explodes. <laughs> so I just, I just make it a habit to do it. Plus I like to put those rounds through the gun and feel what it's like to actually shoot those hotter loads than what I shoot when I'm actually target shooting. And, and that's very important to make sure your gun even cycles with what you're buying. But you did so bring I up, remember, I think, an important... Oh, go ahead. So I've been shooting those critical defense for five, six years, and I remember when the Glock 42 came out and I bought critical defense 380 ammo and it wouldn't cycle in my Glock 42. Really? I had to shoot... I had to shoot like the first two rounds every single magazine before it would start to cycle the rounds. So I had to, I had to take it in and have them modify the uh, feed ramp on the, the barrel. The feed ramp. Yep. Yeah, that yeah, and, and you brought you brought up an important point. I think about about chambering and unchambering around. A lot of people don't even think about. Even experienced gun people don't think about that bullet. Every time you load that gun, you know, you rack that slide. And if it's the same same round on the magazine, excuse me, you will be pushing that that uh, that projectile farther back into the casing. And you need that airspace inside the casing to make that, that powder to fire properly. And, and some people don't think about that. And it's a measurable dis- difference. I mean, that's why I do oh, it. Because yeah. Somebody pointed it out. We put calipers on it and you can watch it like over. I think we did it over like a month's time. And you could watch it slowly shrink down. And I was like, this is probably a good idea to yeah. at least cycle the top two rounds out. And what are you going to yeah. do once they've set back? You either you either shoot them before they get too bad or you throw them away or take them apart. So yeah, you junk them. Better. Well, and, yeah, and you, you bring that, up a that, good point. That's important. You bring up a good point, too, about shooting that defensive ammo. I think, Steve, you said it about how... If you're going to carry defensive ammo, which may be a little bit of a hotter load or just a different feel than your regular range ammo, I mean, you got to shoot that to figure out whether or not, you know, it's going to, it's even going to cycle or how it's going to shoot different. It might shoot higher or lower or um, differently than how you think. And so you make sure, you want to make sure that you've got that kind of in the top of your mind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because just like Nick's experience with that 42. What if it was a defensive situation and he'd never tried to run that ammo through that gun? That that could have been really bad. <laughs> I mean, it really could have bad. been his life, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. so I want to sh- I want to share a bad experience and get Steve's information or knowledge on this. Yeah, I, I'm going to call you the expert on this. So when I first started carrying, <laughs> I had somebody showing me how to load my magazines with. 10 rounds of ball ammo and five, the top five rounds hollow point defense ammo. I assume it was because it was cheaper, but uh, what's your thought on that? I wonder what the logic was even for there. That is, that is odd information to share. That's really weird. Uh, I'm not recommending it. I'm saying that was something that when I was brand new to, concealed carry and defensive handguns that someone was showing me and i was like huh okay i guess that's how it's supposed to be done and then that someone was like what are you <laughs> doing <laughs> to, to me that almost sounds like uh the the first person was like look i i'll just show them my my ammo and let them know that i got a whole magazine full of 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 people killers and stay away from me oh, or geez. something like that that sounds very i don't know i think all bullets I think all bullets scare me if I was like going to be someone's oh, going to show me like I'm, I don't get shot with anything. But maybe the logic was like the first five shots, like you, you did the most be, damage and then adequate. you were just. Yeah. Wow. And then they're in real trouble. So, <laughs> so for the record, if, if any of you listening wonder about just carrying regular ball ammo for defensive use, don't <laughs> buy proper. Um, and we've talked about this before, but buy proper actual defensive rounds for your carry gun, please. There's a reason why the you police don't carry defensive have any loads. Yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Financially, I mean, legally, it's dangerous. I think the only place that 
all ammo has its place for defense is if all the bad guys line up one right behind the other. <laughs> yeah. At least at least two of them, maybe three of yeah. them. Yeah, see, and then you can you can save on rounds, less reloading. Yeah, I was watching right on. Definitely in the weeds, side note, I was watching you guys remember Davy Crockett on the Disney Channel? You guys ever watch Davy Crockett? Sure. I might not oh. be old. Come on. Do you have Disney Plus? Uh no. Oh dear. Okay. I only had it. For, I only had it. Well, the what, what was the Star Wars Mandalorian TV show? I, I only had it to watch that, and then I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the new the new season of Mandalorian comes out on the thirtieth of this month. So, so you better get on you, it. You got time. Anyway, so there they get in this uh, this gunfight with their muskets, and he shoots like these Indians on a canoe <laughs> and kills like five of them in one shot. It was hilarious with his musket. That's, that's shooting right there. That happened in Indiana oh. Jones too. Remember in uh, the last crusade, he had a P 38 and uh, he shot through three people at the same time. And he looked at it and because he goes, wow, he was, check that out. Because he was carrying ball ammo and not defensive rounds. And it was a Walther. No big deal. <laughs> well, well right old now, Walther, I'm going to start, the, start the development on defensive hollow point, Musket ammo because that's that could be what we're reduced to if things go wrong next month. <laughs> yeah, because they're not firearms. Yeah, Just saying. Jeez. I could even have a ten, I could have a ten inch musket, no pistol brace. You can just carry it uh, and and a suppressor on it, like the Maxim fifty. <laughs> there you go. Because it's not regulated. So sure if isn't. anyone wants to start the development on a speed reloader for the musket, a suppressor, and pretty much all like some sort of a rail system, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, a musket with quad, quad rails. Why not? It's got to have, have a musket. Um, well, but <laughs> speaking of carry and but I digress, right? <laughs> got yeah, into the weeds awesome. a little bit on that one. <laughs> Um, so you change your ammo, but do you change your firearm at all? Do either of you change your firearm for, for summer versus winter carry or no? Steve, you go first. I do not actually. And not that if I was to carry, you know, have a winter carry, which I would consider, you know, like a 19 or something, Glock 19 or something that size, I, I probably would. Um, but the problem with me, I like the appendix carry, right? But. But in the winter time, when you got more clothes on, you have the ability to maybe go outside the waistband and carry a beer gun. Honestly, I I still carry the the Glockster or the forty eight L or forty three L, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, that's just that's just my comfortable carry. So everyone knows I carry a Glock nineteen in the summertime, appendix carry, all the time, forever. Uh, I don't change in the winter. Change, I changed the ammo, same same magazines, uh, 15 plus one. Uh, but in the summertime, there is times where I do carry uh, Glock 43 or my Springfield XDS if I have shorts mm-hmm. without a belt or I'm going somewhere with uh, a lighter T-shirt or something and I, I want a smaller gun. Um, I will downgrade in the summer, but the 19 is still always my primary carry and I still always carry appendix. There you go. It See, does get tricky in the winter when you got a coat and you got to kind of dig, but yeah, that's that's the other thing is clearing clearing cover garments is is the other thing you got to think about because you're right if 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 you're just rocking around at 80 degree weather and you got a t shirt on it's easy to clear that garment but suddenly if you got a parka and then your sweater that your mom knit you and then your your sweater vest underneath that and then maybe a flannel shirt there's a lot more going on first of all. Yeah, yeah, you're probably in the wrong place. You you need to go somewhere warmer. But yeah. uh, Steve yeah. just moved to. Mid- you got to think about it. <laughs> hey, I lived in North Dakota for six months. I know what cold is. It was awful. Midwest That's is another tough, story man. for a different. Time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not cut out for that. So I would think if I was going to change to winter carry, it would be. Uh, Pistol caliber carbine, pistol brace, collapsible stock, under the shoulder <laughs> sling. I can't tell if under you're being serious jacket. or not. No, serious. Like if I was going to upgrade, that's like, my upgrade. Uh, like a like a Sig Rattler. 
That's what. Yeah, something like that. That's what I think. Actually, something like that would be awesome. It would probably. It would probably be my Delta S DS9 though, with the uh, HK MP9 or MP5 mags. That could be cool. Under a hoodie yeah, or a jacket, carry, okay. Under under a jacket, you carry it with the ten round MP5 mags in nine millimeter, and then extra mags in your pockets because you got thousands of pockets in these ski jackets. <laughs> yeah, serious yeah. stuff. If I, if I was gonna upgrade my carry for winter, it would be that, but I'd still be carrying the same ammo. <laughs> That's smart. which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go from and- one gun to two, and then I would just get more like velocity because I just did a longer barrel and more rounds. Right. So and accuracy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And how too. cool is that when they're like, when you go to show your buddy what you're carrying today and you like open your <laughs> jacket. Yeah, man. Um, I don't, I don't know what it is about that, that SIG or yeah, the little rattler. I just want one of those. It's pretty cool, man. That's, that's that like two round shotgun, right? No, no, no. <laughs> the little, little MCX, a little six, oh. nine millimeter. Yeah. It's got like a For five and a half inch barrel that, or something. I think of that little tiny, a little tiny pistol shotgun. What are those things oh, called? Uh, the ones that are made in Utah. Oh, shoot. They're like, they're like. 10 inches total length. No, nah, I'm good. Oh, oh, like the, the double barrel thing? Yeah. Nothing awful. No way. <laughs> I've <laughs> shot one of those. They are absolutely awful. They, they make me feel like Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in, my brother has something like that in 410 or something. Little tiny Der- Derringer thing. Oh, I remember first time I shot that. It hurt so bad. Completely awful. Really? Oh, man. Because there's nothing there to absorb the recoil other than the palm of your hand. And it is is just atrocious. Yikes. That does not sound fun. Um, That's like last-ditch effort right there. (laughs) Well, okay. So if you don't change your your firearms, do you change anything else? Do you change maybe the the holster that you carry? Maybe do you move from inside the waistband to outside the waistband? Or do you maybe carry extra mags or any other extra gear during the winter? Go ahead, Nick. You, you, I went first last so, time. Yeah. So, so for, from experience, so I really don't do a lot of that, but I have talked to a lot of a lot of customers come in the shop, come in the store, and talk. And uh, a lot of people do switch to outside the waistband and to carrying a larger gun. Um, but right. I think that's primarily because a lot of people carry the smaller guns in the summer. Um, I I'm more I'm not a bigger, per- I'm a small person, but I, I've, I've concealed carry appendix for so long that concealing a, a larger gun is just something that I've gotten used to doing and I'm good at mm-hmm. guarding it. But other people like to carry smaller guns for comfort and things like that. And before those guns only came with six to eight rounds, it right. wasn't like today where you were getting 10 to 15 rounds in a, in a micro pistol like that. So yeah. now it might, it might start to make a shift because the, the summer guns are getting optics. They're getting 15 round magazines. They're getting easier to shoot. They're all nine millimeter. They're not 380. Uh, so, so I think we might see a shift in it, but I know from years past people would go from their block 42, uh, MMP shield where you got six rounds and they would start carrying LCP. Yeah. LCP. Right. Like pocket carry stuff. Yeah, and th- then they would move up to a Glock 19, Glock 17 outside the waistband, and that's when I would start seeing like pancake outside the waistband holsters start having an uptick yeah. in sales because people were switching. Yeah. And and when you're carrying outside the waistband and a bigger gun, I don't I don't get the reasoning behind this, but as soon as we go from six rounds and no extra magazine, and we go to 15 plus one, we've got to have at least a, an extra magazine too. <laughs> <laughs> Because you got to have well, it's, it's either thirty or six, and there's no in between. I don't know if it's a tactical thing. I just I just know like if the if you're if you're buying an outside the waistband holster for a Glock 19 for concealed carry, they're usually wearing a magazine too. I try to I, I've I've tried for years to figure out the reasoning behind that. It just well, there's and, there's never a maybe, definitive answer. Maybe it's a logical comfort theme for them. So they're just thinking instead of rounds, they're thinking of magazines. And so I've got this entire magazine of six rounds or I've got this entire magazine of 19 rounds. And they're like, you know what I mean? They're, 
Yeah. They're just thinking of magazines. But then it still doesn't make I, sense if they're carrying more mags with their full size. Right. Even even when I only have six rounds, it's it's pretty rare that I that I drop an extra magazine in my pocket or anything because that's just more stuff I gotta carry. And if I'm if I'm out in my my swim trunks carrying my gun, like <laughs> I'm not expecting to get into a major gunfight. So I'm usually hoping that that six rounds is gonna deter the situation, end the situation, or get me back to the truck where there's something a little bit beefier locked up yeah. in there than my pistol but right. uh, yeah usually usually when i'm only carrying a small gun like that it's it's because i feel the threat level is low which i normally do and i feel that I'm, it's adequate for me to defend my situation and get my friends and family and myself out of the situation i think too many people get caught on like you're going to get into a gunfight and i need 200 rounds we're not there to get in a gunfight we're there to get to end out. the fight or get out of the situation. And that's well, the, that's what can, I try to address with people. Well, to do to just to de-escalate, just shoot the guy in the knee. <laughs> I saw those new targets on Facebook. Yikes, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> not a political discussion. This is not a political discussion. It was still pretty oh. funny though. <laughs> um what, yeah. what about you, Mark? You haven't answered any of these questions. Well, I was going to say, I so during most of the year, I carry my Walther PPS because it is smaller, and I feel it does conceal better, and I usually just wear a t-shirt because I'm from the Midwest about nine months out of the year. But when it gets really cold, go. if I can, I will carry the PPQ, um, but... Um, I do kind of want to try... You have a new gun to carry now. Well, you see, you interrupted me, and I was going to say... What I really want to try to do next year is try to carry a Glock 19 all year round because that seems to be something that makes a little bit more sense, at least to me, where you have a more familiar manual of arms, you know the size, you know how the gun's going to react, where if maybe you go to the range and shoot a 19 all the time, but you carry a 26 or a 43 and you don't ever shoot that gun, you don't necessarily know, just like with different ammo, you don't know how it's going to react yeah. and how you're going to... Um, you know, what your natural point of aim is, um, especially in a, in a defensive situation. Um, so to me, it, it seems like carrying one gun almost, almost all the time. I think like Nick said, there's a couple of exceptions where, you know, if you're in like swim trunks and a t-shirt with no belt, it's kind of a different story, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I want to move to next year. And I think as it gets colder, I'm going to try that out. So I so have gonna- something coming up for you. Mark. Oh yeah. Uh, in ja- in January, I am w- launching a 30 day challenge for concealed carry because everybody gets their new guns in the holidays and sure. it's a little crazy during the holidays. So I don't want to do it now, but I've been putting together this 30 days of carry and getting people to take the gun that they want to carry and carry it for 30 consecutive days. Interesting. I like it. So and kind of so and you're kind of going over each day what 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 the challenges are with that gun and what what you could do to improve over time and and just building that habit. I like that. You're saying turn turn all of January into concealed carry month. Yep. Nice. I think so, and I and I and I think we'll just continue it on. Once you've done it for 30 days, we'll go 60, and then we'll go 90, and every time you complete the 30 day challenge. For, for Mark, at least, I'll, I'll give him one G9 bullet until he gets 12 <laughs> or he can fill a California magazine. So all year, you get a, you get most of a mag. Yeah. That's right. Oh, we'll see you that. get a California compliant plus one mag. <laughs> so Cal, incompliant mag. Yeah. Well, if, if, I think you get 10 in the mag and then one in the pipe, so I'll only give you 11. And then on the, on the 12th, they will give you the magazine to put them in. Oh, there we go. Perfect. On the twelfth day of Christmas. Yeah, no, yeah, I, exactly. I think that's a great idea though to challenge people to uh, to carry every day, um, especially during the winter, which I think is probably the easiest time to carry, um, because like we've yeah, talked about, you have more more layers, more um, you know less chance of printing. You've got a coat, you can carry a little bit more comfortably if you wanted to carry outside the waistband. So I like that. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be fun and it'll it'll get people kind of excited. I'll come up with uh, some some mile markers in that to kind of entice people to do it, and we'll probably 
give away some trays or some shirts or something throughout the challenge. If there you go. Or whatnot. Uh, I've, I've been looking for, for some way to, to encourage people to actually get out and start carrying because I, I talked to so many people who buy holsters, get the training and then don't and carry don't. every day. And, and I've, I've come up with a pretty, pretty comprehensive list of like objections to overcome, like, using the bathroom while carrying, like what do you do with your gun? Um, when you're driving, what do you do with your gun while you're driving? Do you keep it on? Do you take it off? How do you wear your seatbelt when you have a gun strapped to your body? Does that interfere? Um, how do you draw from a seated position? Just things like that, that kind of stop people from carrying. What do you, do you carry an extra magazine? Do you not carry an extra magazine? If you do, how do you carry it? And each day just kind of sending out an email to everyone involved on, Hey, today, today we'll talk about using the bathroom. This is what I this is what I do with my pistol if I have to take it off. I think that would make a great make, episode too. Yeah, and I make sure I don't leave it there because if I find Steve's gun in the bathroom when I'm at the store, he's never getting it back. <laughs> I promise you you won't find it at the store. <laughs> he's like, I never go to the One time. One time. I'm just kidding, <laughs> I've never done that. I've done I did, I've when heard- I worked at Tactical Solutions, I left my gun sitting on the sink in the bathroom. And it was hard for me to get back. Yeah. Say that. I believe that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where that one came from. Like I, I inst- like I've never done it again, but I, I've, I've found other people's stuff in there. Magazines, knives, holsters. Oh man. Wow. I might so, not even say anything. <laughs> this is mine now. Sorry. Just have a garage sale at the end of the year. The lost and found auction. You buy back your stuff. <laughs> I la- See? Always the entrepreneur. Yeah, seriously. Always thinking. Um, so, so, oh, go ahead. I can't remember what I was going to say. You better go. I'll, I'll remember it in a second. I was going to say. Way to go. So with, with the winter also, one thing that maybe people don't think about um, is if it's really cold, uh, you might be wearing gloves while you're outside going from your car to your office or your, you know, shopping or you're, you know, going into whatever, um, you know, have you practiced shooting with gloves before? That is a good, that is a good question. Steve, tell me about that. I, I absolutely hate wearing gloves. Like I hate it. I wear them as least as possible. I'll wear them sometimes in the wintertime, but almost always I don't have gloves on. Almost really? always. Even, even when I'm working with, with uh, you know sharp objects or something at work, like I, I just can't do it. I don't know what it is. I hate it. See, and but, I'm the opposite. I like to wear gloves when it's cold, but I have bad circulation. Yeah, but I have. Well, a, I do. Too. I have a, uh, but I, I have dicks. I, I have to feel what I'm, I'm touching, which I don't know what it is. But there are some good gloves out there that are thin. When it comes to shooting, so I like to wear. In fact, I have them in my truck. I have a pair in all of my Carhartt jackets, and I have a pair in my truck. They're those leather with the sheepskin inside, or the like, uh, yeah, sheep sheep fur, cotton, whatever like, on the inside. Wool. They're like insulated wool. Oh, there you go. That's a good word for it. I like that. I like that. We'll call it wool. Okay. Wool line gloves. I think it's a scientific but, term, but anyway, there is uh, there is no shooting with those on. So they're I too have fluffy. practice. Yeah, they're they're just too, they're they're too nice on my hands. Plus, I have a problem with my left hand, so getting gloves on that are tight kind of sucks in the winter. But uh, I I strip my gloves off as I'm drawing. Like as I'm if I'm going to go to clear my garments, the first thing I clear is the gloves off my hand, and that's why I like those because they don't have any straps. They're they, easily thrown off. They come off, and then and then pull the garment, draw the gun use the gun, pick up my stuff after I'm done. But I, I don't really rock mechanics gloves or thin, thin gloves for Well, I feel like you have to wear, you can't, like if you, I mean, maybe people aren't paying attention to your hands or whatever, but I feel like you, even tactical gloves aren't going to keep you warm if you have cold hands during the winter. You know what I mean? No. I mean, they're and better than honestly, nothing. Honestly, I, sure. I highly doubt you're going to notice your hands are cold if you have to use your gun. I mean, dexterity, there is an issue, like kind of like what Nick was saying, like when your hands are cold, you you do lose dexterity, right? Yeah. Um, 
But I think under high stress situations, you're going to lose dexterity anyways, right? It's all gross motor skills. So I don't know. But if so you're, let's clarify. You, know, you should learn how to shoot with gloves on. You probably should. And if, yeah. and if you're going to wear gloves like I do, which are bigger gloves. And I, I put, I literally, I put my gloves on when I'm pumping diesel at the gas station when it's cold out. Cause I, I get cold. So when you see me in the wintertime, you'll see me wearing a Carhartt jacket, my gloves on, and my hands inside my pockets of my jacket because I get cold. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you need to buy I, one of those battery-powered jackets, man. Yeah, I just I just like the Carhartt. If, if I'm not wearing the jacket, all winter I'll be wearing a Carhartt vest. Yeah. Like I, I just – I'm always cold. It's probably because – I'm 145 pounds. I'm I'm tiny. So. <laughs> you need to get some fat on them bones. Well, and I was uh, gonna say if I'm you're trying. if you're not wearing uh, or if you're not wearing gloves, then you should probably try shooting with cold hands sometime if you can uh, make that happen. Because, like you said, I mean, you know, your gross motor skills might do, you know depreciate or d- you know diminish if you're you know going through kind of a traumatic situation or whatever. But it could be even worse than normal if you have cold hands. You maybe you've been walking out rock, walking around outside for you know, 10, 20 minutes, an hour or something like that. And you don't know how cold your hands actually are. Yeah. So, so there actually is a training technique for shooters, um, to understand the difference between fine and gross motor skills where they take a bucket of ice water and you put your hands. So so you're holstered, right? And you put your hands in the ice water for whatever, 20 seconds or something. And then you pull your gun and, and you try and shoot a target. Um, if you plan on doing that, you got to really think about safety, but that, that is something I've seen instructors do to let you know how it feels when you don't have fine motor skills. That's gotta be, that's gotta be interesting. I've I've never done that, but it's, that's gotta be hard to do for sure. I I've never done it either. Um, it it does kind of make me nervous in a little, you know, there's a, there's a a safety safety side of me kind of freaks out a little bit. Sure. But I've seen people do it. Yeah. I mean, it'd be good to try once at least if nothing else. I would definitely say if you're going to, if you're going to carry in the winter, you should be familiar with your surroundings, cold weather, ice, water, snow, and also be familiar with what you're wearing, what, what your gear changes. I mean, obviously we all change from shorts and a t-shirt to, long pants, boots, and a jacket in the winter. So even if your gun doesn't change, um, maybe your holster needs to change to accommodate having to carry in a different position. And that would, that would mean that your training regiment in the winter needs to change to accommodate clearing larger clothes, a different carry position, uh, so that you're familiar with where you're carrying. And also don't, you can't be lazy like you can when you're not carrying a gun. I mean, I can walk into a store not take my gloves off, not unbutton my j- jacket or anything when I'm not carrying. But if I am, if I know that I'm carrying a gun and I might need to use it for something, I might need to think ahead and take my gloves off, put them in my pockets and be ready to, to do what I need to do before the situation arises. Well, and also you might not take your glove, you might, you might sorry, you might not take your jacket off because Maybe you're carrying such a big gun that you might be printing without that gun. You know what I mean? Or without yeah, that yeah, jacket, that, rather. That, too, and being being aware of, of that exact situation. So, Yeah, absolutely. And that's something else that you know I didn't even think about. I've thought about before a little bit, but when we were talking about this episode, I didn't even think about, like, oversized gun. You're going into a restaurant to eat a steak. You take your coat off and... Oh, surprise. Um, now everybody knows that my concealed weapon is no longer concealed. And and uh, some people, you know, you're obviously going to make somebody uncomfortable and they might ask you to leave. Right. Especially if you're so, maybe at a place yeah. that doesn't necessarily allow firearms, but concealed means concealed. You never know. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, have you ever been asked somewhere to leave because of your firearm? No, I have not. I have not either. I have not uh, had to experience that i I try to keep i I keep when it's concealed i keep it concealed when i was working at the range over here in idaho falls um i walked it this was before walmart had their standards anyways but outside the waistband i was you know i was running a range and i had to run to walmart which was just you know a quarter mile away from the store and 
you know, I get funny looks <laughs> walking around outside the waistband, full size Glock everywhere you go, you know, but and, and I was never asked to leave. Hmm. Honestly, I, I don't, I'm not scared of people. Like they, they have the right to say no or whatever, but in my opinion, concealed is concealed. I'm not going to tell anybody I have a gun. I'm not going to show it off. I don't know. That, that's irresponsible to me. Well, as we talked about in episodes before, it's it's a matter of you can and maybe you can carry openly or whatever, but maybe should you? You know, it's kind of a question of like mm-hmm. proper protocol or just smart um, tactics, I guess, as opposed to whether or not you can. Where we've talked about people, you know, slinging an AR over their back and going to Walmart, not maybe the best thing in the world, you know? Okay, so yeah, because Steve I, went off topic, I got I have to jump in right there. So <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, this is not a political podcast, but I went to a Trump flag rally in downtown Boise yesterday, and yeah. I pulled into the line. I was downtown. I was on Jefferson and Ninth, and there was the, the cars were coming towards us. There was a line both ways of trucks with flags supporting our president, and this guy jumped out of the back of a pickup carrying an AR. Well, he handled it in his hands as he jumped over the bed. I pointed it right at me at my truck as he was unintentionally getting out and then went back around to get up in the back. And I watched him sweep everybody in there. And I was the guy that was with me was like, Holy cow. I said, yeah, that's why we don't run around with our ARs slung over our shoulders while we're jumping in and out of trucks for no reason. (laughs) And, And if he's listening, like, and I think we've like we have talked about this before. If that guy is a listener to the podcast, I'm extremely disappointed in you. Uh, you are not doing the Second Amendment any favors. Zero. And that was the only person. He, he, if he does listen, he will know I'm talking about him because he. That was the only person I saw out of five, six hundred vehicles that was had an AR slung over their shoulder. The only yeah. one I saw some people with with pistols and. And holsters, thigh rigs, you know, the, the, some of that stuff that we see typically. But I didn't see anyone carrying rifles down there besides that one person. And I had that experience with them. And I was like, this is probably why we should not be doing that. So yeah, that's your just, rifle that's, is, yeah. when your rifle is slung and you're in public, it needs to be pointed down and slung down. Yep. Like, there's no reason. I mean, obviously, he had to jump out of the truck. There was no good reason for him to jump out of the truck. But he... He had to put it in his hands to do it, and when he did, now everyone else became a victim of his muzzling and pointing the gun yeah. at him. So that's what makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, it it does not do any favors. Like it is irresponsible in my point of view. I totally get the point of why they want to carry and 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 express their their right and their freedom. Like I get it, but I think there's a more respectable and responsible way to do it. Very much yeah, so. Like yeah. I, I had three of those rifles in the truck. <laughs> I just went. <laughs> it's not like you were pointing them out the window and be like, yeah, it's 2020. Well, I had, a, I had one of them locked in my black rack and the other two in the case. Cause I just left the range. Uh, Let's see, that's, that's a good example of safety in the real world and, and considering <laughs> what you're doing, you know, and some people don't think about that. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick, it definitely okay. wasn't something he did intentional. It was something that was yeah. an oversight that I don't think that he even realized that he did. And nobody was there to call him out. I mean, I didn't lean out the window and like obscenely yell at him and like freak out. I just, I looked at Drew and I was, and he made that comment and I go, well, that's exactly why you don't see me and you running around out here with our guns. Because I mean, if we got to move, we have to handle them and we don't know what's around us. And right, that's yeah. what makes that's what makes these other people on the other side of our stance nervous about us running around with guns, and because the people on their side are also shooting each other on accident. So <laughs> <laughs> and they they oh, made perfect examples yeah. of of why jumping around and pointing your muzzle and jamming it in the ground and all that garbage is not safe. Yeah. So. Yeah, it looks like there might have been a gap in his carbine training. Yeah, so maybe but a little bit. Other than yeah. that, other than that, it was it was it was pretty fun and safe. And the cops shut it down super early, though they they had they had downtown pretty locked down yesterday. 
that's too bad. So interesting. So so we talk about you, you mentioned Nick about changing holsters, you know, with with the changing of the seasons. And I have a question. I maybe I even asked you this before, but I just don't remember the answer. Is do you uh, does Hoftac have a tuckable option? Yes. So that all of the custom shop stuff normally comes with the J hooks that are tuckable because one, they're easier to set up on a real firearm, the, mm-hmm. the blocking for that and where the screws go are more conducive in a non machined mold situation. Uh, the H one, the stuff that's on the shelf, it is tuckable and non tuckable. It, it can it can use both clips. So if you look down on the slide, there's two holes down there, and that's where you can put that J hook that we use on the custom side as well. Um, it's only really needed if you want to tuck your shirt in. So I don't use it as a factory option. Uh, those clips are a little bit more expensive. They're a little bit narrower, and the industry standard has become that wide polymer clip. Right. And so we we use that on the production side, um, which is nice because it is can't adjustable and it's really it, it's easy to get on and off but so is the tuckable clip it's easy to get on and off too um, you just get used to whichever one you use i use the tuckable one and i never tuck in my shirt so i don't even know yeah, why I, I do it i just I just got just habit i because so. i'm often tucking in you know a dress shirt and uh i uh but I've, yeah, you remember i got a holster from you years ago years ago <laughs> it's time to upgrade anyways so i i need to i need to really look at a, a tuckable option because it's uh I, I like to carry everywhere i go i'll just put it that is way that, is that not one that you have not tuckable it if doesn't tuck the, very the, the, and, uh, it so i'll tell you this it's not easy to tuck your shirt in behind a belt clip no matter no matter yeah. what it is it it's uh I was explaining this to a guy the other day. So he, he similar to me, he wears Wranglers and uh, curl snap button up shirts, but he tucks his shirts in. He's a, yeah. he's a welder. And I was explaining to him when you put that in there, you have to kind of bunch your shirt up behind the clip and then pull it to the side to, and, and fan it out. You're not going to tuck it in like you would traditionally. Tuck yeah. Standard. Cause it's like yeah, pinching I- it. And and maybe I'm just maybe it is a tuckable version. I'm just doing it wrong. Well, uh, I also think it's I think it's time for you to get a new holster. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that first holster I got from you was four years ago, something like that. Yeah, probably uh, pretty close to. Jeez. Man, I only still- had four years of experience back then. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm still using it. I'm like, it still rocks it. So. I thought I made you one on one of the shows. We did, and I don't carry that one. That's not my carry. Like, I mean, I carry, but that's not my my Sunday carry. He he lost that one in a boating nope. accident. Yeah, it, that I one did, was attached yeah. to a gun that you lost in a boating accident. How unfortunate! Well, they don't they don't float, um, and it was hard to tie the buoy to it as well. So, I I don't know what happened to it. It's gone. <laughs> it vanished. Well, next next time you're in town, we'll. We'll, gra- we'll grab one. Even if you have to grab one off the shelf, I'll just I'll just replace it. So there you go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, you carry a Glock forty. You got a Glock forty three long slide thing, don't you? So they're probably out because I keep restocking the store weekly with those. Nice. That as long as they're selling three sixty five, they won't. They don't yeah. stay on the shelf. So that's because that that I'm gonna get a three sixty five actually. But uh, yeah, that that gun is amazing. And I'm a Glock guy. It is a cool gun for sure. It's it's no Taurus or you know one of those, but it's an amazing gun. <laughs> it's never going to replace my G2. So, and I might get a G3C. You know, it's amazing how many people bag on that G2. That's actually a really good gun for the price point. That's a pretty solid option. I'm not sure. Does that one come with an optic yet? I I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, they got one coming out with it. everybody's doing optics nowadays. I think, I think that's I think the G I think the G3C comes with a an optic plate. I don't know. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I think you're going to start seeing the optic plates coming standard probably on any gun moving forward now. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
who knows? We'll see. But um, so what? Uh, you guys got anything else on carrying, moving from the, the summer to the winter, or uh, changing changing guns or gear with seasons? Well, so I think another. Oh, I was going to say another topic. You know, you kind of brought up the, the truck gun topic, and I I have a truck gun too that I carry around with me. Um, the uh, you got to think about too with the changing of the temperatures. There's also a change of humidity. So if you store a firearm in your vehicle um, and you haven't looked at it for a while, you probably should should pull it out, wipe it down with some silicone, a silicone cloth, not silicone, a good gun oil or something, and uh, and uh, and take care of it because you might be surprised. I I made this mistake one time and uh, and rusted the crap out of one of my guns because I was lazy. And uh, so if you if you have a truck gun that you haven't looked at for a while, get it out of there, clean it up, check your ammo. Because the other thing, too, you know, we, we talked about ammo a little bit earlier, but if, if you're carrying ammo in a, in a vehicle and it's been in that vehicle for a few years, you think about the vibration and the rattle, that'll, that'll actually break down some of the powder components. Um, and once you change the surface area of the powder inside that, that cartridge, it changes the burn rate. And so you could have an issue there as well. Yeah, that's true. So you speak of ammo rattling around the truck. I chased down a rattle in my truck for like four months. It was a <laughs> box of 25 rounds that had gotten underneath the back seat. And I, that my truck, <laughs> the back seat doesn't go up. And I could not figure out what that noise was. And I got my truck detailed and they pulled it out of there. And it, it went away. <laughs> Oddly enough. Yeah. So one thing I would say about go- changing the seasons, changing your gun, changing your gear, we touched on it. Uh, obviously, Steve's going to agree with this. Train the way that you carry. So if yeah. you are going to, to change, you're going to change your gun, you're going to change your carry position. Train, train that way and put the clothes on that you're going to be wearing when you do it. So if you're like me and you wear gloves, practice taking your gloves off. Practice shooting with your gloves on. Practice opening your jacket do you pull your jacket up do you unzip it like does it have buttons do you tear it away what what are you going to do to do that and if you're going to wear an outside the waistband holster that cannot come off because i know some of us will take our guns off when we sit in the truck now you're going to need to sit in your vehicle and figure out can i comfortably drive with that on my hip or do i need a secondary carry option in the vehicle so because i can't take the holster off so now I got to pull the gun out of the holster. Where am I going to put that gun when it's out of the holster? Is it going on one of those truck magnets? Is it going to just rattle around on the floor while we drive? Are we putting it into another holster that is in between the seat that is mounted to the truck? Like those are all critical things to think about when you're changing your normal care. So absolutely, it it will probably become second nature in a couple of weeks. But right now, as you're making that transition and it's getting colder, I mean, it was 45 degrees this morning when I left at 530. Uh, my gun was a little bit cold, pressed against my skin. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, you've got to think about training the way that you carry. And so if you're going to change in the winter, train with that. I mean, I switched my ammo, so I shot... Uh, couple magazines of that new ammo to make sure that it cycled because I have experience with my Glocks not cycling new ammo and mm. it worked fine. So now we'll see. I never got to test out the old ammo five years of carrying it. I never got to see how it worked on human flesh, but thank, thank God goodness. for that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you could always shoot watermelons. Don't, don't underestimate the watermelon. That's true. But uh, back to Nick's point about, you know, trying and training, you know, trying things out and training in the real world. Um, You know, someplace like here, we're kind of lucky where we can go out into outdoor ranges um, or out to, you know, public land where you can shoot all year round um, and really try that, try out what it's really like in colder weather, um, you know, different kinds of lighting. Um, If there's snow on the ground, if you're wearing gloves, if not, you really can fine tune that as long as you're. Um, you know, practicing safe gun handling, you know? Yeah. And as long as we're in a safe area where the surroundings are safe, dry fire practice that way is, is just as critical because we don't actually have to fire the rounds, 
but we need to be out in the cold. We need to, um, I mean, even inside the house, we can safely dry fire and practice wearing the different types of uh, clothing to make sure that it works for us. Uh, Today, actually, I I talked to somebody who was using one of our new belly band holsters and she was like, well, how do you draw the gun? I'm like, well, you're going to have to pull your dress up to get to it. So that's something inside the safety of your home, you're going to have to practice doing if you're going to carry that way. And so if you're going to wear bibs to go outside and shovel the snow and carry your firearm, how are you going to get to it? Yeah, You might want to practice that in the warmth of your bedroom and then take that out into the garage and practice when it's cold. Smart idea. I agree. Yeah, that's pretty sound advice. And you gave me two fantastic ideas, by the way. First of all, the, well, maybe we'll see. But uh, I got, maybe I got three, black maybe lace three ideas. Or I got nude lace, so you can pick which <laughs> one. Nude, as long as it's slimming, I'll take the nude one. But uh, okay. <laughs> no, I think I think there's a, an awesome class option there for um, concealed carry holders about winter concealed carry. Maybe there's a, a supplement you can add to a, a class. Um, so that's I think that's a, a pretty good option to get more some more, solid training. The more and more I talk to people, the more I think that you might have to show me how to become an instructor. Yeah, it's not too hard. <laughs> and then the second idea is I'm going to invent tactical bibs. So when I'm out shoveling the snow, I can I can rip those bibs down and have an AR hiding behind it. There you go. That might have a military application. You you might have something there. Yeah, you might be onto yeah, something. I, I already know who I can talk to. I know I know a clothing manufacturer. I can bring it up to you. They, they are some sort, they already have military contracts. Some sort of Arctic camo <laughs> bibs. That's right. I, man, this is going. Maybe we shouldn't be talking have, about this right now. Have you ever been out in Antarctica shoveling the walkway to the generator when all of a sudden a polar bear? steps out and you just can't get to your gun. Or a mob of 30 penguins. Hey, those penguins yeah. can be angry and I hate how they walk all smug and everything. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, so Antarctica the- or the Arctic, did you guys see the video of the Russian special forces doing a, a high altitude jump out of one of their big airplanes? <laughs> uh, my, my, my computer is banned from all things Russia, so... <laughs> oh my goodness. These guys, their SF guys are jumping out of one of their monsters airplanes at 33,000 feet. Oh my gosh. And, and parachuting onto some polar ice cap. That is Talk about cold weather training. Yeah. Yikes. Did they, did they have uh, oxygen on? Oh, absolutely. They had these fancy yeah. parachuting helmets and, and mask oxygen masks and it's kind of cool actually oh yeah but uh, just a little insane i'll have uh, to look it up when i when Russians. terry leaves his laptop in my in my office i'll i'll have to look it up <laughs> on his computer <laughs> yeah yeah I, he'll, i'm, he'll I'm enjoy trying it too. I, i'm safeguarding myself for if i ever run for president i don't want them to say that i ever searched anything from russia so but you gotta you start are- young but you're on TikTok, dude. You're already the game's lost. You're already a you're puppet already of the, with China. Yeah, see. Well, you know you can't you can't win them all. <laughs> when they see when they see my videos on TikTok, they'll give me a pass. That might be true. That might be true. Next time, next time you need a bottle of ocean spray, though. <laughs> well, well, we can't all be North Idaho famous, okay? <laughs> I think that's Eastern <laughs> Idaho from, famous. He's, he's, he's from Idaho, yeah. he's from Idaho Falls, and he and he used to live in the camper. Yeah, it's a friend of Steve's, I think. He, he doesn't live in the camper anymore. Uh, well, I don't know. Ocean Spray gave him a truck. Yeah, well, they gave him a Nissan. I was thought they'd give him a real truck. You can't even tow his camper with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Nice. Well, on that Instant note, I think things. I think we'll call it. Call it a call it a podcast. Word up. Unless you guys got anything else. So if anyone uh, has any any questions on winter carry, uh, winter training, just hit one of us up and uh, we'll do what we can. But uh, I, I really do think if you're going to change up your carry options that uh, train accordingly. 
Agreed. Yes. Well, and you and honestly, they should be keeping that up regardless, but you're absolutely 100% correct. If you're changing any part of your carry routine, you need to follow that up with, with competent understanding and training. Agreed. I think that's the big takeaway from this one. So, um, well, if you guys don't have anything else, that'll be it. If you have any questions for us, let us know. Podcast at iishooting.com. Or you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Range Minded Podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Be safe. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook. Or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.